Hello and welcome to the Forest of Pop Culture. I am Miller C. Lashbrook and I am your fairy host on your journey through the Forest of Pop Culture. This week, in the first episode of Pop Culture Phase Season 2, I will be taking a look back at my favorite entertainment of 2023. Hope you enjoy. Okay, so I want to start off today's episode with just kind of welcoming my listeners back. If you're new to the podcast, if you're just finding my podcast, welcome as well. Um, This is the first episode of season two of Pop Culture Phase. So season one started all the way back in June of 2022 and ran through July of this year of 2023. I took a little break um, at the end of the summer because of moving. (laughs) I did a huge move. I'd never really lived out of Florida before other than um, when I was first born. And so um, moving out of state was just kind of a big undertaking, a new job, new city, new home, all those things. So that's why we took a little break uh, from the podcast. But I am back, and I think I'm going to take this as an opportunity to kind of reinvent or uh, revisit some things with the podcast a little bit. There were some things that were not bringing me joy about how I was structuring the episodes and how I was using this time every week. And I think the main thing was that I got very much into the news and review focused uh, episodes. And I don't know if that was really bringing me joy. For the news side of it, I do like kind of talking about rumors or new trailers uh, or official announcements. and. Those will still come up here when there's something that I'm really excited about that I want to mention, maybe like a trailer for a project I'm excited for, or an announcement that has me really excited. But I don't think I'm going to put Faye News at the top of every episode like I was doing. I found that I was including things in there that... I wasn't really excited for, or I thought I should include. I never knew, like, where should I stop, like, including things? Should I include rumors and leaks? Should I not include those? And it just wasn't really bringing me a lot of joy to just kind of list off the entertainment news of the week. And... I don't think that I, like, knew enough about those news stories to add any commentary. So that's why I would just kind of list them off. And that didn't really bring me any joy. And it took up a lot of time in some episodes, especially when we kind of got to weeks where there was a lot of entertainment news coming out. Um, 
I might still have episodes that cover like Comic-Con news uh, or big announcements like Star Wars Celebration, things of that nature. But again, I don't think I'm going to be like doing fake news at the top of every episode anymore. So that's going to be one kind of change. Another one is I'm going to shift away from kind of weekly reviewing shows that are airing week to week. Um, I think this there's a there's a, a, a number of reasons why this is. One, we've just seen so many projects, especially Star Wars and MCU, where we are taking on such a journey throughout the season that I feel like doing week to week reviews does not give a show um, it's kind of due. Also just talking about a single show and that's like the, the main topic for six to like 12 weeks, not really something I want to do either, especially when I want this podcast to kind of spotlight all different parts of pop culture. But over the year plus of the first season of the podcast, because I would do those week to week type reviews, a lot of the podcast was focusing on specifically Star Wars and Marvel. I, I mean, those are my two main fandoms, make sense. But especially when we get got to like covering the same show for like six weeks in a row, I figure if you as a listener aren't watching those shows, then you're probably going to not listen to those episodes. And part of this is also I've been listening to a lot of podcasts that are kind of that have more of a format where each episode is talking about a single project and approaching it that way. And I think I am going to shift more into that direction. I think uh, for shows, I'm going to wait for the seasons to wrap to talk about them for like the Marvel and Star Wars shows. It'll also give me more time to talk about older projects, things I'm revisiting, talk more about like video games I'm playing or books I'm reading or comics I'm reading and vary it up because I f it felt like I was mostly just talking about shows that were airing week to week, specifically, as I said, Marvel and Star Wars. And then with that as well, I think I'm really going to focus in on just my love of storytelling and the stories that I'm loving. And I'm not going to focus so much on like reviewing. I'm not a professional critic. And so I don't think I have the credentials to give like really great unbiased reviews of things. Everything is going to go through my lens um, and what I love. And so I'm going to focus on the things that I love, right? Like that makes sense. I might still talk about projects that were sort of eh or that I didn't enjoy as much, especially if they're in one of the universes that I really like, but I'm really going to focus in on stories that I'm loving. And I think I'm also going to try to shift two shorter episodes. I, in listening to a lot of podcasts, 
over the past six months since I had was like on hiatus with this podcast, I think I've reflected on what am I seeing in other podcasts that's working well. And for me, the podcasts that I enjoy, the ones that only have one host, like this podcast, I think the episodes work better when they stay around the 30 to 40 minute mark. And so I'm really going to try to um, be more concise about what I'm saying, but also kind of get to the heart of the episode a little bit faster. And I think taking out the pop the, or the Faye news uh, and focusing on what I'm loving about something is going to help me do that. Now, I do like to still kind of include like some sort of other things, right? Not just focusing on the topic for that week. So I do think I'm going to um, still do that in a way by including at the end of every episode, like what I am consuming at the time. So I'll give like a little update on like what book I'm reading, what comics I'm reading, what shows am I currently kind of like in the middle of watching or really enjoying that are airing any movies I recently saw and like what game I'm currently kind of focused on playing, if any, right? And some weeks I might not do all of those things. If I'm not really playing a game at the time, I might just like leave that out. Or if I haven't been to the movies recently, right, um, then I'll leave the, a movie out or eh, all that. I think that will really help to kind of, as I said, let the episodes kind of get to the heart of what I'm wanting them to do. So I hope that you enjoy this new version of Pop Culture Fae as we move here into 2024. And with this kind of end of the year restart of a new year, I thought what better way to start our season two of the podcast than a review of kind of 2023, kind of looking back at not only the things I didn't cover in the second half of the year while I was on hiatus, but just overall, like what were my kind of favorite stories that I consumed in 2023? So I hope you enjoy that. Okay, so 2023, <laughs> the fact that it is just days away from us being in 2024 when I'm recording this and I'm like reviewing 2023 seems crazy to me. I mean, it not only does it feel like I just did an episode reviewing like 2022, but also just, I mean, everything post 2020 feels like a blur, especially when it comes to like pop culture. It feels like it's been a long time and not a long time at the same time. So I want to start this by kind of just going over like rapid firing some quick thoughts on some things that I didn't get to talk about um, in the six months where I was on hiatus. So we kind of stopped pop culture fay in the middle of uh july so secret invasion had just started airing i'm not gonna lie not my favorite marvel show at all um there were some good moments there's some great acting in secret invasion but 
it just it didn't work. Um, it, it it was too much was getting too much was trying to be cooked into one dish, while also like <laughs> it wasn't seasoned enough. I, to use a cooking metaphor, it it was just it just didn't work for me. Um, but Olivia Coleman, God bless her, she <laughs> was really doing the most on that show with the little screen time that she was given. Also in July, though, we got the wonderful um, Barbenheimer, right? So Barbie and Oppenheimer both came out. I saw them not the same day, but um, one night and then the following night. Both amazing films. Um, You'll definitely see them pop up in my top 10 movies of the year when I go through that here in a little bit. But awesome. And also in July, overshadowed by Barbenheimer, definitely uh, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1, although I, Part 2 is not being called Part 2 now, so I guess we can just call it Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning. Uh, my husband and I decided, like we did with the Fast and Furious films, that we were going to give Mission Impossible as a franchise a try since we hadn't really watched them. Watched through all of them, and similar to Fast and Furious, we found that with each film, we enjoyed them more and more. I think for Fast and Furious, part of that was just us understanding like what the franchise was trying to do and just giving in and enjoying them as popcorn films. I think for Mission Impossible, it's just the quality gets better with each movie. And I think I I think I would say that this newest Mission Impossible for me is the, the best one, at least in my opinion. But I really enjoyed that. Moving into August, I think the standout for me in August is really Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. It's another animated movie in that kind of um, cell shade uh, 3D animation style that gives it a 2D quality, kind of like Puss in Boots The Last Wish from last year, and also like Spider-Verse. And it's just... It was a great TMNT movie. It really kind of brought out that nostalgia that I have for the 90s films and for the cartoon uh, from the early 2000s that I watched growing up. So that was really fun. September uh, was kind of a slower month in terms of media for me, Uh, but we got Power Rangers Cosmic Fury the 30th season of power rangers it was very different from previous seasons i mean it dropped all at once on netflix they didn't break it up into two parts like they've been doing with previous seasons on netflix and it was really supposed to be kind of a culmination of the most recent kind of hasbro uh era like post nickelodeon era that we've gotten of the show And it was essentially like season three of Dino Fury. And it was great. I, Billy, bringing Billy back was like the best part of of it for me. And it shows me that with Power Rangers, they want to start to kind of tie things together a little bit more and not only make a show that would get new fans on board, but also bring back those old fans who have a nostalgia for Mighty Morphin or for older seasons. And hopefully 
with this next era of Power Rangers as they change a lot of a lot around and potentially reboot. I we don't really know yet if that's what's happening, but hopefully uh, they continue that with kind of paying homage to the history of the series. In September, we also got Pokemon Scarlet and Violet DLC Part One, the um, Teal Mask. I really liked this DLC. It was a lot of story, a lot of character development for the characters that were introduced here, which once we talk about the second half of the DLC, um, really pays off. I think focusing on Pokemon, a lot of Pokemon from Johto was nice. And just having this kind of small little area to run around was really nice. Graphic stuff is still problems. If it's raining in your game, you cannot play in docked mode. That's just, it doesn't work. Um, And that's really aggravating. The fact that my favorite game of the year, Tears of the Kingdom, can play on the same console and look beautiful and have a full open world. And then Scarlet and Violet looks real bad and has frame rate problems on the same console uh it it's it's annoying in terms of gameplay though i think scarlet and violet is one of my favorite pokemon games that they've done recently i just man they got to fix some of those issues with the game but uh but in terms of dlc i really enjoyed it uh the teal mask Moving into October, uh, October always is kind of a time of year where my husband and I will focus on horror and like Halloween related movies and TV shows. And so this year we took it upon ourselves to watch all the Child's Play slash Chucky films. I'd never seen a single one growing up. Dolls were one of the things that I was really afraid of. So that was kind of one of the reasons I've kind of avoided watching that franchise. And Zach had seen some of the movies, but but not all of them. So we watched all the films. And really the purpose of that was so that we could watch the Chucky show that we'd heard pretty good things about. So we watched seasons one and two, and we watched... The first part of season three, uh, because of the strikes, they only aired half of season three so far. They say the rest of season three is going to come sometime in 2024. And this is just such a fun and campy show. However, I, <laughs> because of how much the show pulls on the films... I don't think I can really recommend it unless you have watched all the Chucky films. So this show is great. It's fun and it is great camp horror. But if you are going to watch it, you really need to watch all the films. Um, and when I accept the, the remake from, I think like 2019, um, but all of the kind of main series Chucky movies, you'd be doing yourself a disservice if you haven't watched those because so many of the characters from those movies come back on the show. And then the other standout in October, of course, Loki season two, Loki 
season one was amazing and this essentially second half of the show uh does not disappoint it really feels like they're finishing the story here like it was meant to be one long uh story altogether and i think it leaves things in terms of the tva time travel the multiverse in a really good place for the mcu to uh kind of do a lot with that kind of storytelling as we move into phase five and six so so loki season two amazing then moving into november obviously we finished out loki season two in november but november really uh was where my love of doctor who was brought back the We've gotten four specials here at the end of 2023 for Doctor Who, three of which were to celebrate the 60th anniversary. And then we had one uh, this past week for Christmas. And in the three 60th anniversary specials, not only was my favorite actor who's played the Doctor, David Tennant, brought back, but also my favorite companion was brought back with him in um, Donna, played by Catherine Tate. And these three episodes just... Russell T. Davies is back at it again. Uh, he was the showrunner for Doctor Who uh, for the first four seasons of the, the new version of Doctor Who. So that was all of um, Christopher Eccleston and David Tennant's seasons. And he is back... I think you can tell his storytelling has matured, but you can also tell that he has different things he wants to say about the world. His original four seasons are really dark, but these specials that he's done, I think it says that he has a more maybe optimistic look at the world now, or he just wants to try to be more optimistic about things. Because we get some really nice moments and some nice endings for characters that I don't even think we're ever going to revisit again. Uh, And it's setting up some interesting things that I think he's going to do with our new 15th Dr. Shirigatwa as we move into the next series uh, in 2024. But with that, uh, it kind of got Zach and I to revisit Doctor Who. And so we've actually been going back and rewatching Doctor Who from the beginning. Well, when I say from the beginning, I should say from from New Who, from the ninth Doctor. Um, and kind of going back and rewatching those old seasons to kind of come back to why we enjoyed the show so much since we had kind of lost love for the show a little bit. Um, in recent years until these specials started airing and yeah that's kind of the the things that i missed here in the second half of the year um and i mean also like currently airing right um what if season two is great time of recording uh we've had eight of the nine episodes and so I'm excited to see how the season wraps up. I'll probably talk about what if season two here on the podcast in the next couple weeks here. And then, I mean, 
the show right now that's grabbing my attention the most is Percy Jackson and the Olympians. We've gotten three episodes so far uh, of the, I believe, eight episode season. And this is a perfect adaptation of a one of my favorite books of all time from my favorite series of, of all time uh, in terms of books. And so just seeing such a great adaptation of something I love, I it's amazing. So if you haven't started watching the Percy Jackson series, I definitely recommend. And if you've never read the book, the, the books before, I highly recommend that as well. So that was kind of the, the second half of the year. Now I just want to kind of go through my favorites of the year. I've already hinted at some of them, but I'll start off with one. I already said my favorite game of the year, hands down is legend of Zelda tears of the kingdom. I am definitely not a, I'm not a hardcore gamer at all. I'm a very casual gamer, and I mostly tend to lean toward Nintendo. And most of the games I've played this year have been Nintendo games. But Tears of the Kingdom just grabbed my attention and grabbed a hold of me in a way that no other game this year did. I put a lot of time into that game, and as things were getting stressful around the move tears of the kingdom was kind of a nice escape if i needed a little bit of a break from the stress of the move and so it kind of has a special place because of that in terms of i'm going to keep it at top fives for for these things just for time's sake for shows so these are shows that had seasons that aired this year my favorite shows of this year um number five i already mentioned and it's currently airing percy jackson and the olympians i'm just enjoying it so much that's why it ended up at my number five for four the bear season two zach and i had not watched the bear season one until this year until like right before the new season aired we watched it and then we really enjoyed season two i think for season two specifically the the guest stars that they were able to get on the show and then make sure that they didn't overpower the main characters on the show was really impressive. It's also a very quick watch if you have not watched it since some of the episodes are only about like 20 to 30 minutes. Then number three, Ahsoka. I mean, <clears throat> I hadn't mentioned it um yet up to this point that was definitely a standout in september and october um i just forgot to put on my list of things to talk about but i don't know how i forgot it because it is amazing it's one of the best things that star wars has ever made period but it's definitely like the best disney plus Star Wars show, in my opinion, sorry, and or fans. Um, this just had everything that I love in the Star Wars project. Dave Filoni is like doing the most with Ahsoka. And we better get a season two or some sort of continuation of this story, which I'm sure we will now that we know that Dave Filoni is the like head of storytelling at Star Wars. Then number two, Succession season four. Succession was a show that... I hadn't watched at the start of the year. 
and watched the first three seasons and then went right into season four. And this show is just amazing, great writing, a dark comedy and drama at the same time. And season four, just wow. Uh, it, I don't even know how to describe it without <laughs> rambling on about the show. Uh, but that whole cast, they all need Emmys. And then my favorite show of the year. I mean, it's been, it's been a long year, but this show consistently kept like popping up in my head when I was thinking about what were the best shows of this year, and that's The Last of Us. Great video game adaptation, but just a wonderful show and such a like haunting look at a world after a huge disaster. And I think after dealing with a pandemic and the changes that we've seen in the world since 2020 in terms of entertainment, in terms of education, in terms of technology, just this show kind of hit in a way uh, and did such a good job capturing so many things that I think we're all kind of feeling. For movies, same idea. These are all movies that came out this year. Um, I would have a completely different list if this was like movies that were new to me in 2023. But yeah, this is just like movies that came out this year. Number five, Barbie. Um, amazing. I didn't know that they were going to take like the Lego movie type approach to the two Barbie and uh, like really put it under a microscope in the way that they did, but I loved it. Number four, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning, as I already talked about. Number three, The Marvels. If you're holding out on this movie, if you're like, hey, I'm going to wait till Disney Plus, I don't have to pay extra for it. I get it. It's expensive to go to the movies. But you missed out because The Marvels is fun. The cast has great chemistry and this is this is an a marvel movie the internet just is demanding that every marvel movie be an a plus marvel movie right now but wow also it's doing things that i don't think the mcu has done thus far um in a in a number of ways but it's just approaching things differently and i mean that post credit scene. Yeah. Number two, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Talking about movies that are doing things that haven't been done before. Across the Spider-Verse takes what worked for Into the Spider-Verse and just ups the game. I know a lot of people are hesitant to put this toward the top of rankings because it really is a part one of a two-part story. It ends on quite the cliffhanger. But I mean... The animation's amazing, the voice cast there is amazing, and the story that they're telling is perfect. But number one is Gardens of the Galaxy Volume 3. Uh, it is the perfect ending to that trilogy of films. I love those characters. I love what James Gunn has built with that side of Marvel Cosmic. And volume three is just such a wonderful way to wrap up that story. And that's my favorite movie of 2023. 
Um, moving into things I've read this year, um, both of these lists are going to be things that like are my top ten or my top five for things I read, not things that necessarily came out this year. So um, for books, uh, this year <laughs> really was my year of kind of trying to get caught up on Rick Riordan's books, especially with his two new books that came out and the Percy Jackson series coming. I'm still making my way through them. So number five was The Red Pyramid by Rick Riordan, the first King Chronicles book. Number four was A Lion Among Men by Gregory McGuire. I love his Wicked books, and I continued this series with this third entry. And I think it's my favorite that I've read so far of his. Number three, House of Hades by Rick Riordan, the fourth book in the Heroes of Olympus series. And my number two is The Mark of Athena, the third book in the Heroes of Olympus series. Both those books together are are like Rick Riordan at his best, uh, like just nailing, uh, writing all those different characters and ensemble cast, bringing in mythology um, in a really cool way. But my number one book of the year, speaking of mythology, is Circe by Madeline Miller. Um, my new school where I'm working now, I taught the Odyssey to my students. And so I thought it'd be a perfect time to finally read Circe since so many people have recommended it to me. That book is amazing. Uh, it is one of the best retellings I've ever read. In terms of comics, I'm kind of all over the place in terms of what I've been reading. Um, but this year, I kind of started focusing on going back and reading a lot of like street level um, Marvel Netflix type characters comics. And so my number five is the Alias series by Brian Michael Bendis. Number four uh, is Brian K. Vaughn's original Runaways run. My number three is Jeff Lemire's Thanos comic from the mid 2010s. My number two is Brian Michael Bendis's run on Daredevil. And my number one that uh, comic that I read this year, though, was Jason Aaron's The Unworthy Thor. Um, just everything Jason Aaron did in his run on Thor is fantastic. But that series is such like a tight mini series that I like read through and I think one sitting just because the story had grabbed me so much. But yeah, those are my kind of top things that I consumed this year. And I'll kind of end off this episode with talking about what I'm consuming right now. For books, I'm reading Blood of Olympus by Rick Ryden. Like I said, I'm trying to get caught up on those books so I can get to the two new ones that came out this year. In terms of comics, as I said, I'm reading early 2000s street-level Marvel comics. So like Daredevil, Elektra, Alias, Daughters of the Dragon, the, that kind of uh, era of comics. For TV, Percy Jackson and What If... And Doctor Who are kind of the main things on my mind right now. But I'm also making my way through um, finally watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine. In terms of movies, The Marvels is kind of the, the most recent film that I saw in theaters. 
And if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend. In terms of games, I'm still making my way through the Indigo Disc uh, DLC of Pokemon that came out a couple weeks ago. And I'm really enjoying that. So that is kind of my, my game recommendation for right now. Thank you for joining me today as I took a look back at 2023's entertainment. And if you are listening and enjoying the podcast, uh, please give it a review on your podcasting platform. Also, if you have a friend who would like the podcast, make sure to share it with them to help grow uh, this little community here. Once again, I am Miller C. Lashbrook, and you can find me on Twitter at Mill C. Lashbrook, on Instagram at Miller C. Lashbrook, and for more Pop Culture Fae, you can head to our website, popculturefay.com for blog posts and more content. Lastly, I hope that you have a wonderful week and a fantastic day, and I hope to find you the next time you wander into the forest of Pop Culture Fae.